You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Uh, You may have gathered today marks our sixth birthday as a church. We've been meeting together for six years uh, like this. In fact, Ashley, it's just worth noting, although you already know it, nearly a third of that was during the pandemic, of which was a remarkably complex time for many of us. But it also presented us with incredible opportunities to love and serve each other and also serve this city. And whether you've been with us since day one or you've just joined us today or somewhere in between, we honestly are delighted you're here. People go to, people join churches for many reasons, but the reason often they stay is for relationship. And we are a young church. It may not always seem that if you've just walked in today, but we are a young church, often in adults' clothing. But we still have to remember, and I hope we always do, remember to embrace and choose community and choose relationship. And it will mean embracing each other. And it will mean putting aside some of the misfirings that so often can happen between people. We have to choose to realize that we're a body. And each member and each part of that body has a unique contribution to bring. And today, rather than follow the usual format of what we might normally do, I just want to, pray, I just want to press pause and I want to reflect and I want to celebrate. It says this in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12. It says, Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obadiedom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obadiedom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. We're going to have pie and peas. David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. I'm not quite going to go that far, but it says this. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of a ram's horn. It's a long story, that one, with remarkable twists and turns of what is going on. But in a nutshell... He's carrying the representation of God's presence on earth. And he says, hang on, not another step without praising God. He gets how important it is. And so as we gather today, we thank God. I thank God for you. I thank God for the healing moments, the moments of transformation, the moments where you've made decisions and choices to honor him, to serve him, to prioritize him, to seek him first, to come to know him more. And it's really important that we celebrate what God has done and is doing because that is part of our discipleship. We need to do what the Bible says, not just have it and read it as head knowledge. Its purpose isn't just to give us information, but its purpose is for transformation. We want to live it out. We want to have truth and proof. And so what we want to do is is really not just what we read, but we want to do what it says, and we want to look for signs of that among us, and we want to celebrate it, and we want to encourage it. And so moments like today are really review moments. It might be that you've just joined us, or it might be that you've sat on the sidelines of this for some time. I want to say this, that this is a great moment to jump in both feet, to embrace family, to embrace discipleship, and to embrace community. 
I always think that, anyway, this, this is how my mind works, that you come as a guest for one week, but after that, come and join us as a host. Come and be part of things. Come and be partners in ministry rather than objects of ministry. We aren't trying to maintain something here. We're trying to be spirit-led. We're trying to be missional, and it's incredibly important that we remind ourselves of that and we remind ourselves regularly. And we're reminded of where we're going by looking at where we've been. Some of you today will find your story in somebody else's story. But I also want to acknowledge this, that there have been costs. There is a spiritual battle and element to this. We're forging new ground as a new church plant, and that doesn't come without its cost. When we passionately follow Jesus into his ministry and we seek to extend his kingdom, we put a large target on ourselves for the enemy. And as much as we celebrate the goodness of what God has done among us today, I also want to acknowledge the pain that some of you have faced along the way and that we fight again because we fight and we intercede for the kingdom of God to break through. But at times, some of you have found and encountered resistance. Over the last year, many of you will have known and suffered pain. But joy and pain can coexist and go hand in hand. For us as a family, before that and after that, I would say we personally have faced many pains and losses. At times, the struggles over the last year, some of them have felt crippling with health challenges and various other things. Some known, many unknown, and the same for many of you. But we've always believed that in the face of those challenges, we can choose to find purpose in that pain. I want to acknowledge in the last six years that for some of you, there will have been a cost. Some of you we have seen be picked off. Some have faced remarkable pain and challenges. Some of you going through it right now, emotional well-being, marriages, bereavements, loss of motivation, loneliness in children bullied, unmet longings and hopes and dreams, many, many other things. And yet Charles Spurgeon so wonderfully and famously once said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. And would that be true for us? Would our choice be Jesus regardless as we remind ourselves of the goodness and the sovereignty of God? A few people today are just going to give a snapshot of their story. And I want to say this, that can be an incredibly daunting thing to do. People can obviously feel quite nervous. So as they come forward, would you give them a huge cheer? And our first one is Sarah Hagen. Um. Good morning. Um, I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm married to Andy. Um, and we have two boys, Judah, who is 10, and Roscoe, who is 8. And they're all delightful. Yeah! yeah. Um, so uh, this is kind of our family story, really. So it's not just me. It's all of us. Um, but I grew up a vicar's kid. Uh, and the first 10 years of my life were on a council estate in Portsmouth. And it was around the same time that there was like a big outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, so like the Toronto blessing and also kind of John Wimber's time. Um, and I remember my parents being like, if this is God, we want, we want this. Uh, so they went over, they went to Toronto, they went to Anaheim and really brought back what they caught. And so I had profound encounters with the Holy Spirit as a child, which I remember today and which deeply like solidified my faith. So I've never really walked away. Um, 
And then fast forward many years, um, we got married and about three years into our marriage, just before Judah was born, um, Andy walked away from Jesus. Um, so that started about a 10-year journey for him with varying degrees of depression and varying degrees of commitment to our family. Um, so for some of the time, it really felt like he'd been replaced by a stranger um, and the enemy had him so firmly in his grip. Um, and during that time, I was desperate not to rot inside with disappointment, anger, unforgiveness. And God was so, so faithful, reminding me continually that Andy wasn't the enemy. He taught me how to pray, how to trust in his promises, and how to stand for my family. Um, and as I brought him my lament, my tears, and my like gut cries for my family, he was so kind to me, and he just drew me closer into him, spoke to me, and gave me strength for every day. Um, and at the same time, I was working for a church as a kids pastor and was getting more and more disillusioned with the church in general. Um, I struggled with celebrity pastors, with churches becoming more like businesses, more like machines than families. And it felt so far removed from the church that I read about in Acts. Um, so God moved me on from that role in March 2020. And then once COVID hit, I joined, me and the boys joined a little house church. And at that point, I was really convinced that only house, house churches were the only way, the only biblical way in any form of like official church um, would surely would have to be a machine as well. Um, and through COVID, Andy steadily went into a darker place of depression and started to embrace atheism and then started to f struggle to find any purpose for living. Um, and then amazingly, literally out of nowhere, um, he started to slowly come back. Um, we'd been away camping and he'd been in a really dark place that week. And then we came home and mere Christianity was out on the side, um, which very much confused me. Um, but he started to slowly soften. God started to soften his heart and bring him back towards Jesus. And then eventually he surrendered to Jesus last September. Um, and I started to actually get my husband back. Um, so God had not only brought our marriage back from the brink of collapse a few years ago, but then he brought Andy back to him. Um, and that is the moment, literally, when we came to Manchester Vineyard. Um, so we were in that place, like a very, a very delicate place. Um, probably both of us feeling quite wary, um, both carrying stuff. Um, and we, because of where I'd been with kind of the church, our list of churches was very small to try because I was like, I don't want any fog machines. I don't want any, I don't want a stage. I don't want any of that. Um, I don't want any hype. Um, so we had, I think, a list of like three churches in all of Manchester and this was the top of the list to try. Um, and so we came and literally never went anywhere else, um, which I'm so grateful that God saved us from that horrible church hunting thing. Um, but from walking in the door, we were just made totally welcome. Um, Steph met us at the door, um, made sure we knew everything about kids' work and all of that. Loads of people spoke to us. Um, I literally spent that whole service just praying and praying. Um, for Andy, also for the boys. Um, it was the first time Andy had been in church for years. And then after the service, I just was like, how did you all find it? And they all absolutely just loved being here. Um, and then from there, we've just found such a family. You guys have just wrapped right round us. You prayed with us, prophesied, played with our, played with our kids, hung out with us. 
Um, and I just love how I've come back full circle from those like foundational vineyard years to being back in a vineyard church and like absolutely love it. Um, so I just love seeing the Holy Spirit move. I've found, healing, uh, found so much healing and freedom in ministry times, both in being prayed for myself and praying for other people. Um, most weeks we would get to know people through snot crying during ministry. Um, and then uh, on top of all of that, God has literally just been so, so good to us. Um, Andy was healed of narcolepsy, which had been quite a, a crippling and hard thing in our family. Um, after an afternoon of chatting with Paul and Steph and praying. And then out of that, the boys were buzzing. So Roscoe prayed for Judah, who had a bladder thing, and then Judah doesn't have that anymore. Um, and just such incredible things have happened. Um, and we have also just found the leadership um, with Paul and Steph and the wider team really healing in itself. Um, there's literally no grasping for power or control, but just a desire to lead people into freedom and whatever God has called them to. And so my journey with church has also been really healed um, through that. And I'm so grateful for what God has done in my family and that he led us to this wonderful, amazing family of beautiful people where all four of us as a family can serve God together. Um, and we're really, really excited for what's next for us. Yeah. Wow, so are you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Gosh, and Orville, will you come and join me? Hello, can you hear me? They can. Right, I didn't pray this morning, so I'd like to, you know, I'll drop in the Father's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Right. My name's Orwell, and I love this church. And if I had the arms big enough to put Right? That's how welcome you make me feel. Okay? Thank you for that. And Stephen, Paul, right? <laughs> I, li I like this church because you know, like you think of something and then you, you come to church and it gets, you know, you get your message. So this is my, you know, where I get recharged in this church. And I'm getting baptized because I got a message last week from God. Right, I asked him, I said, I've been baptized already, but I didn't feel anything, and I want to be baptized again, and I need a message off here. And I want to fast from Friday to Sunday. And I asked God, right, to give me a sign about my baptism. Then when I came into church last week, <laughs> Naomi said, there's a, there's a baptism coming up, you know, on the 9th, so I'm getting baptized, people. <laughs> All right? I'm just happy with this church because I've been to church before, but I didn't keep it up. You know what I mean? I didn't feel as if I belonged there. And I'm on this one. This one, this one's beautiful. Yeah? You've, you've made me feel welcome, and that's why I'm here. I wouldn't be here otherwise. I'm just, you know, snoring at home. 
Anyway, thank you very much. See you at the baptism. Well, bless you, buddy. Thank you. Dan, why don't you come and join me? Come on, Dan. Well, hello, my name's Dan. How's everyone doing? Everyone all right? Hey. Um, so I moved up to Manchester about 18 months ago to get married. Um, best decision of my life, <coughs> apart from meeting Jesus. Um, but I remember as I looked ahead to the move, although I knew I was gaining a wife and I was really excited about this new season, I was just really, really anxious about the change. I remember kind of going for these long walks in the countryside thinking, what on earth am I doing? Um, I'm really, really excited about getting married, Abs, don't worry. <laughs> it was just the move. But I just so many things about the change of jobs, about changing cities, about having to like sat nav how to get to the supermarket and to be in queue, which was a big thing for me. Um, but also a big thing was just establishing new friendships and finding community. After being rooted in a, an amazing church in Nottingham 15 years, I was like, how on earth am I going to find friends and community and all this stuff in a new city? However, what I didn't know was in changing and letting go of many of these things. When I moved, um, the Lord wouldn't leave me empty-handed, but I would gain so much more than I had before. And for me, the gain, um, which is probably a common theme really, is just this thing of community. Um, since moving to MV, I've been able to kind of re-establish old friendships in a much deeper way. And just build relationships with people who 18 months ago no offence, but I just wouldn't have even know existed. You know, I didn't know anyone's names or anything, but actually now, knowing so many of you, it feels like I've known you, a lot of you, for so much longer than I actually have. Um, maybe I'm just the only person, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit weird, but that's kind of been my experience, really. It's just it's that sense. Um, moving to Manchester and joining MV has helped me, has helped me find a home. Um, and I, like Orville said, I, I love this church. I absolutely love it. The birds on a Sunday morning when everyone arrives to set up, seeing and experiencing the warmth um, new people are welcome with, I experienced that, um, and seeing it as well um, as new people arrive, um, having intentional time for God's presence, um, the willingness we have as a church just to step intentionally into the, what we sense God leading us into. And, and as I say these things, I know it sounds a little bit like, try church, it's amazing. Um, and it does sound a little bit maybe like lip service, but... As I was writing this, I was like, that's honestly how I feel. Um, you know, and, and I think maybe for many of us, um, a lot of those things maybe aren't always attributes that come naturally within a church or different churches, but ones that I found come naturally within this church. I felt valued here not because of my skills and, and what I bring, but for who I am. And I also really feel surrounded here by people who... So many people who just generally encourage me, inspire me, people who see the best in me and have helped push me into environments which I normally kind of wouldn't feel comfortable doing, um, a little bit like this, but, um, but I've actually really enjoyed stepping into. I honestly feel truly blessed to be a part of Manchester Vineyard. The vision of this church is inspiring and the people who make it up are the best. That's it. We're just hopefully going to be, uh, Yu Ping can't be with us this morning, but she's going to be on the video, hopefully. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very privileged and uh, happy to share my 
uh, hard, my hard feeling experience in this church on this big day. I feel very sorry that I can't be here with everybody to celebrate this big day with you, celebrate what God has done in Manchester Vineyard. But I'm so privileged that the church gave, this, gave me this opportunity to share with you, so it's lovely. So as a newcomer from last year, I came to this church. I immediately felt that this church is a godly church because I can see people allow Holy Spirit working freely in His way. And I have a lot of beautiful memories. But in short, because I know many people want to share on this big day, so I just want to share something really, really impressed me in my heart. So firstly, I think when I drive my car close to the church building, uh, immediately I saw welcome people wear a yellow, a yellow vest. They're standing there, they are welcoming me, and they are so lovely, friendly. They are smiling, and they wave to you. I feel, wow, this is something so different. I come from worldly uh, era into a heavenly era. I feel I'm so important. So my, I attend the first meeting, and that was celebrating Pascal's birthday. And that's the 4th of July. I said, no, this is also my birthday. <laughs> but I feel shy <laughs> to tell people. And after the meeting, I secretly tell, uh, told Pascal, I said, today we are the same birthday, but don't tell anybody else. But later, I received a message from Pascal. And she asked my address. I said, okay, probably. Uh, the pastor of this church is going to send me some regulations or something I need to be careful or some rules regarding this church. I said, okay, that's fine. I should follow the regulations of this church. So I give my address to Pascal. But very unexpectedly, a few days later, I received on the following Sunday, I received a beautiful flower from Paul and the staff. Uh, when I go home, went home uh, that Sunday, I saw the package, and I know that is from Pastor Paul and the staff. My heart is really touched because this is the first time in my life I received birthday gift like this, and from a church pastor. I know normally they are very busy, but they care about a newcomer. That's really a hard touch experience. So secondly, about the Sunday school, children's Sunday school, I feel it's really good. You can see we have different group for children. And they are so well looked after and well taught. So children are so blessed in this church. For my little Ella, uh, in her life, first time, she 
uh, came to a church that's a vineyard church, and the first time she went to the children's Sunday school, she enjoyed it. She loved it so much, and she want to come again, again, and again. This is really amazing for a a little you know little child. They love the church from the beginning of their life, and she enjoyed it so much. So from her first Sunday school, she started thinking about love Jesus, and she started knowing the church, and she started know oh I love this church. So this is amazing. Another impression for me is the teaching in this church.、Uh, most the teaching I heard is from Pastor Paul. <laughs> His teaching is really not a theory. Not a lecture, but it's a life-based、uh, teaching, and also a living God, living words is working among people's heart, people's family, and really sounds for me. I'm sure for many of us, I didn't have a lot of time. Uh, spending this church yet, so so far I feel so good, <laughs> very, yeah, very.、Uh, I I learned a lot, and at the moment I just pray for God's guidance, what is my clear role in this church, and I'm ready to get involved any area God lead me into. I, I just want to、um, honour Yuping and the cultural differences, but she is the only person I'm freely allowing to call me Pastor Paul.、Um, everyone else, please don't do that.、Um, please, please don't do that.、Um, anyway,、uh, Jess, where are you? I can't see you. There we go. I should have gone last because I'm too emotional for everyone else now.、Um, my name's Jess, and me and my husband Jack, who's over there,、uh, started coming to MV just before Christmas last year. And、um, to be honest, when we started coming,、um, it was because we hadn't been part of a church for. Some time, and we knew it was probably the right thing to do, rather than necessarily wanting to. And、um, I suppose it'd been a really difficult year、uh, before I started coming.、Uh, felt really disconnected from church as a whole,、um, and disconnected from God as well. And I think when it's a theme from what everyone's been saying, when we first started coming, the first thing I noticed immediately was just how welcoming people were, and like. Actually welcoming and interested in me and wanted to know my story.、Um, I said I wouldn't get upset. I shouldn't have listened to other people,、um, but <laughs> wanted to know my story, and that was just massive.、Um, and after coming for quite a few Sundays、um, and Hetel every week.、Um, 
hounding <laughs> in a good way um, for us to join a small group uh, we finally did and I'm so glad that we did because I think that just made me feel so much more connected um, to people and just feel part of um, a family here at MV and I think what I've noticed um, is just how much MV prioritise um, hearing God speak and seeing him meet with people. And that has just been, like, life-changing. Um, I could go on forever about all this stuff, but I just... I remember at the beginning, it was like week after week, everything that was being said, it was like God was speaking directly to me. And I think one like specific thing that stands out to me um, is a word was given about a healing of a jaw and I'd had really bad jaw pain for months and months and I'd been to the dentist that week because I actually couldn't open my mouth properly. Um, so I got prayed for and I felt this heat in my jaw. I'd never had anything like that when being prayed for before. Um, and the pain had gone. I still couldn't open it properly, but it was definitely better than it was. A few weeks later, was being prayed for again and uh, words were shared about God wanting to break off lies that I believed about myself and set me free from some hurt and how perhaps there was a link to that, to the tension in my jaw. And I was completely healed, never had pain since, can open my mouth like normal, never had it since. And this was like months ago now. And I think alongside the physically, physically? physical uh, there was an emotional healing as well I felt so much lighter I felt like God had really stepped into a lot of the brokenness I was feeling and since then really I think that sums up what God has been doing in me since joining MV it's just been this continual healing and restoring me and a lot of that has been through people here just caring so deeply and being obedient to what God is saying and asking them to do um, and I remember when I first came to MV um, and actually said this to when I first met Steph, I was like, just so you know, even if I come on a Sunday, I'm never joining a team because like, <laughs> I just, I'm not going to do that because I, I just can't, I can't do that. I'll just come on a Sunday. Um, that didn't stay that way. Because <laughs> um, I think as God changed stuff in me, I just thought, why wouldn't? I want to recreate this for the people. Like, why wouldn't I want to be part of the family and making this happen? Um, so, yeah, I definitely don't regret that and joining teams. And God's continued to heal me as I've served as well. So, in short, really, just really grateful that God brought us both here to MV and just really excited to carry on seeing what God is going to do. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> We, we just wanted to celebrate just a snapshot of what the Lord has done among us, but also remind ourselves that the job is not yet done. If anything, it's just beginning. The Lord has been so good to us. There's so many stories we could have told, but we also have these moments, I believe, of activation. We want to see you be involved. I think that has been the predominant theme I heard just coming out from what they said. We want to activate you in your faith. We want to see you practically have ways to live this out. This isn't about being a spectator and watching just a few people on the field of play. This is about calling you out of the stands and onto the pitch. And would today act to you as a reminder of that. We long for you to grow, and we want to invite you into that 
but to grow you, we need to know you as a community. Come and be part of what the Father is doing among us. Come and be regularly part of this celebration on a Sunday. Come and join a small group. Come and join a team. Come and start giving financially if you're yet to do so. Can I encourage you to do so? We don't have membership because membership really is involvement. There are all ways that you are saying that I belong here, that this is my family and the community and the missional family that I want to be part of. And getting into environments like small group are really crucial for you to be known. It's often the springboard to further growth and further involvement. You can find the details of those things in the little uh, Love Manchester booklet on your seats. There's also the, uh, you can download the app, but we'd really encourage you, fill in one of the hello cards that you'll find on the seats if you haven't yet. We don't want you just to feel like you pass in and out we want to know you and people want to relate to you but all of the stories that you've heard today are people who got involved and as a result have had their lives changed a major part of who we are as a church has almost been with the strap line of we want to love Jesus and we want to love Manchester and the more that we see of Jesus the more he embeds something of a compassion in our hearts not just for each other but to share that and to spread that with those wider in this city. I just want to mention, Naomi briefly touched on it, but 422 has been a remarkable project to be part of that, to helping to reach and meet some of the needs of this area and this city. The pandemic greatly increased that need, but therefore also the opportunities for us. However, I also think the pandemic robbed us of a moment of celebration and acknowledgement that at one point, we negotiated and we signed the lease agreement with the council. Potentially, that would have been a champagne moment of acknowledgement. Equally, I want to say the building work that has been extensive and quite significant, the end of that is potentially in sight. And it's been remarkable, again, to see the incredible hard work a number of you have put in, and also the finances for that to slot into place. Some of you, without doubt, have worked incredibly hard on that. But I also say that in no way failing to acknowledge the hand and the provision of God in what has happened. He pays for what he ordered. And I'll bring further clarity, hopefully, in a fuller, fuller financial update to that in the vision talk in February. But going forwards, we will continue to live in this place of tension with it, seeking to use that building faithfully and lovingly to serve this local community, but also ensure that it is financially self-sufficient in the days ahead and today feels like an appropriate marker just to say wow the journey as much as the destination honestly I would say I have been shaped I have been challenged and I have been grown in my personal relationship with Jesus as a result of that undertaking Sometimes in that moment, it can be hard to fully understand the implications and the, the significance of something so spiritual. Honestly, Steph and I have many times, for many weeks at a time, found ourselves waking up at 4.22 in the morning and reminded to pray for that project. 
and its role in the area and indeed for our collective journey together. It has been remarkable over the last few weeks to have other people in other churches all across this country to text us and say, hey, I was woken up at 4.22 in the morning and felt prompted to pray for you and that project. Of course, we're deeply challenged. One main learning curve I would have is if we undertake another project like it, I'm going to call it 8.15, because it'll be a bit easier. But it's not only 4.22, the building number. It says this in 2 Timothy 4.22. May the Lord be with your spirit and may his grace be with all of you. Paul had reached the end of his life and he's, he's looking back to the now faithful call of God on his life. It was time for him to pass the torch to the next generation, preparing leaders to take his place so that the world would continue to hear and see the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. That venture, this venture, has not been about us. It has cost us there's no two ways about it. But it was never for the benefit of this church. It was for the community. So of the, the provision in that place, some of the provision that is coming to that place is so good. It's phenomenal. It's so abundant. It makes you want to have it for yourself. But isn't that great that it's so good we're willing to give it away? Matthew 10, verse 42 says this, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. How much we love God can be measured by how much we love others and how well we treat them. We're delighted, we're honored to be part of a community that's heart isn't just to give a cup of water, but it's to give a tap with running water. We don't just give somebody a fish, but we give them a fishing rod and we give them access rights to fish at that pond. Do you see what I mean? 72 hours a week as a minimum is given regularly by you as volunteer time to that project. 3,427 warm meals have been given. 4,000 hot drinks served. 1,470 hours of catering and hospitality have been experienced for people with additional needs and the disabilities to serve in that cafe. 70 hours of volunteer time have been given to after school clubs 3,801.93 I love your precision in measuring kilograms of food have been distributed to the pantry members over 120 hours of intentionally sitting and eating with people at the community lunches stay and play nights, film nights, ladies, pampering nights I could go on and on and on and on but we love, we're deeply encouraged by your love not only for each other but to give it away and to serve the people in need in this next chapter of this church we pray this over you it says in Ephesians 3 I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in our hearts in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you know and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete in all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And I want to finish this morning by praying part of that over you. In verse 20, it says, Now all glory to God.
who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You'll remember that we have an internship year based on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called. Just as we finish and we move into a ministry time this morning, I'd just love to invite those guys to come forward. And why don't we give them a clap as they do? Andy, Lydia, Steph, B, Joel, and Benita. These guys are all giving time each week voluntarily to serve this church and to love this city. And it's because people like them, because of all of you, in the ways that you say yes and you step in and you say that you're willing to play your part and take your place, that the kingdom extends and all that we're able to do is facilitated. So we want to thank them, we want to thank you. And as we finish, why don't we all stand in a moment, some of us will gather around these guys and pray for them. But just before we do that, I just wonder, Steph, will you join me? I just Let's just wait on the Lord just for a moment. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you. Just in our own hearts, I think there's not only a moment of celebration, but there's a moment of, Lord, I want to step into what you want to do. I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called. Lord, collectively and individually, we want to step into that in its fullness. To offer all that we are to all that you want it to be. There is more than we often allow it to be. So, Lord, we want to allow it to be your way, not our way. Some of the guys who were praying this morning, the prayer team, they had a sense that there's somebody here with an irregular heartbeat. And that the Lord just wanted to highlight you to speak some truths over you. If that is you this morning, we'd love you to respond. I'd love you to link you up with the people who had that word. There was also a sense that God is giving gifts. There's going to be a releasing of gifts, individual and for the whole church this morning. I just have a sense... Myself, there's like a go again moment for some of you. For some of you, it's become dry, it's become cynical, it's become burdensome. Would you have a moment of surrender again? To allow yourself to step into the vulnerable place, the accountable place, where the Lord can break in and break through. I had a sense when we were worshipping that there may have been a number of people who felt sort of strangely moved, uh, perhaps even sort of fighting back tears. And strangely in the sense that perhaps that's not normal for you um, to be moved to tears. Or perhaps strangely in the sense that 
there's nothing obviously that you're burdened by or um, struggling with. And so it just sort of caught you off guard. And I know I have and a number of others have reflected on how it's kind of emo an emotional morning as you hear, hear the stories and you hear the experiences of God's um, redemptive and restorative power in people's lives. But it's not that. It was just a sense in, in worship that there were some people who were moved and I just want to, want to invite you, if actually that was you, then come and be prayed for. Because although worship is for him, and we give ourselves to him, he is so gracious in how he encounters us and how he wants to heal us. Mm -hmm. And often when we worship, we are healed. And so perhaps in you, whether you sort of realize it or not, there may be an inner work of healing that the Lord is wanting to do in you. So um, do respond if that's you. Yeah. Let's just not rush our desire to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. The nudgings and the promptings of his presence among us. Just as we're stood, for some of you this is a great time and opportunity just to have an outward sign of an inward desire, just to have people stand alongside you and pray for you if you want to respond in that way. When you just come to the front or the side so others can get around you is also these guys who are about to step in and give of themselves slightly more they'd love you to pray for them and pray over them as they as they embark on that journey why don't we just do that now just as a family together Yeah, and if you're, if you're in a small group, some of the people who have responded looking and wanting somebody to stand with them and pray with them, let's not leave them long as we do that. And an awareness and a sensitivity all over the room. These, these moments were in as a remarkable. I think it came across in Jesse's story. It came across in Sarah's story. Sometimes we just reach in to people's lives and we see the Spirit of God physically heal them but emotionally free them as well. And so we don't, we don't want to rush this. There's people all over this room who are just in a moment of sensitivity.
Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Thank you.